You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Wednesday to you. It's time to get into the weeds with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Buffalo Bills week one opponent. And we're going to break down this football team from every angle, talk about the challenges that they present, and tell you how the Bills need to deal with those challenges on Sunday. And so if you've been part of this podcast in 2019 and 2020, you know exactly what you're about to get into. If you're new, welcome. I think you'll enjoy the way we get ready for football games on this podcast, and by the end of this, you will feel very prepared for Sunday. So let's get into it. We'll start with the nuts and bolts. The Buffalo Bills play host to the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one. The game will be played on Sunday, September 12th at 1 p.m. Eastern time at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. The game will be broadcasted on CBS. Ian Eagle is on the play-by-play. Charles Davis will be the game analyst, and Evan Washburn is the sideline reporter. This will be the 28th all-time meeting between the Steelers and the Bills, and the Steelers have the all-time series lead with 16 wins and 11 losses. Now, the Bills are 2-0 against Pittsburgh under Sean McDermott with wins in each of the last two seasons. Prior to that, the Steelers won the last six and 10 of the last 11. The Bills are coming off a 2020 campaign where they went 13-3, and reached the AFC Championship game before ultimately losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Pittsburgh Steelers were 12-4 in 2020, and they lost in the wildcard round of the playoffs to the Cleveland Browns. And if you guys recall, Pittsburgh started the season last year 11-0 before losing four of their last five and then falling to the Browns in the first round of the playoffs. Head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers is Mike Tomlin. He's 49 years old. He's entering his 15th season as head coach of the Steelers, and Pittsburgh is 145-78-1 under his leadership, and they are 8-8 in the playoffs. In 14 years, as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers have never had a losing season under Mike Tomlin. And of course, they won the Super Bowl in 2008, and they were the AFC champions in 2010. Now, one other thing that I bring up on a weekly basis when it comes to the opposing head coach that the Bills face is I like to tell you what their challenge record is. And so far in his career, Tomlin has challenged 82 plays. He's won 36 of them for a win rate of 43.9%. And as you know, Sean McDermott is at 25%. And then just a little brief background on Tomlin. Uh, He came up as a defensive backs coach with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as part of those early 2000s dominant defenses. Then he spent one season as the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator in 2006, and then he's been the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach since 2007. And as you know, and as you will hear plenty of times this week and on Sunday, Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott were teammates in college at William & Mary. So if you didn't know, now you know, and that talking point will be exhausted this week just like it was in 2020 and in 2019. The quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers is Ben Roethlisberger. 
He's 39 years old, six foot five, 240 pounds, the 11th overall pick in the 2004 NFL draft out of Miami of Ohio. He's entering his 18th season as the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. In 231 starts across those 17 seasons, the Steelers are 156, 74, and 1 with Big Ben as the starting quarterback. So let's talk about his 2020 season. Last year, he completed 65.6% of his passes for 3,803 yards, 33 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions with a passer rating of 94.1. Now, he did face the Bills last year, and in that game, in Week 14, in terms of passer rating, it was his second worst start of the season where he completed just 21 of 37 passes for 187 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and a passer rating of 65.9. So he had a pretty good year statistically last year, but one of the worst performances that he had came against the Bills in Week 14, and obviously you guys remember that interception by Taron Johnson, the pick six, that really changed that game and the dynamics of that game. Very much a defensive struggle, and then Taron Johnson kind of broke things open with that pick six. Now when we talk about Ben Roethlisberger in 2021, we have to keep in mind that it's a new scheme, it's a new offensive coordinator, but I still want to point out a few metrics from last year that were notable to me. First of all, let's talk about play action. In 2020, with play action, Ben Roethlisberger was surprisingly ineffective. The Steelers ran play action on 9.7% of his dropbacks, and his completion percentage fell 8.3%. His yards per attempt fell by 1.4 yards, and his passer rating fell from 95.1 to 75.8, a dip in 19.3 points. That is not normal. Typically, when you study quarterback splits with and without play action, nearly every quarterback fares significantly better with play action with the exception of Ben Roethlisberger in 2020. So that is not normal, that's unique, and it's notable. Another big storyline from 2020 with Ben Roethlisberger was how quickly he got the ball out of his hands. His average time to throw last year was 2.17 seconds, which is insanely fast. The next closest in the NFL, number two in terms of time to throw, was Ryan Fitzpatrick at 2.37. So Big Ben, 2.17. The next closest, Ryan Fitzpatrick at 2.37. He threw a ton of short passes. 66.1% of his throws last year were under nine yards from the line of scrimmage. It was very much a pop-gun offense, and I think you're going to see a lot of those principles still in play this year. We'll get into that in just a moment when we talk about the new offensive coordinator that they have, but 66.1% of his throws were targeted less than nine yards from the line of scrimmage. As far as deep throws, when I say deep, I mean 20 yards or more from the line of scrimmage, he threw the ball deep 12.1% of the time and connected on just 31.7% of those attempts. And so in 17 starts last year, including the playoffs, Ben connected on a total a total of 26 passes that were targeted at least 20 yards from the line of scrimmage. So 
He doesn't challenge the deeper portions of the field very often, and when he does, there's not a whole lot of success. So what are the contributing factors to that? Because if you think about vintage Ben Roethlisberger, it was nothing like those metrics, right? It was, he's going to hold on to the ball forever, he's going to ward off multiple people in the backfield, and he's going to throw it down the field, he's going to launch it. Not anymore. Not today's Ben Roethlisberger. He's very much get the ball out of his hands very, very quickly and not very far down the field. So he's not the same quarterback you watched five, ten years ago. Very, very much a different player. So contributing factors to these new metrics, well, number one is physical decline from Ben Roethlisberger, both from an athleticism perspective and an arm strength perspective. He doesn't have that same ability to make people miss in the pocket, and he doesn't have the same caliber of arm strength to drive it down the field. The other thing is a bad offensive line. And last year, they had guys like Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro and Alejandro Villanueva as starters for them, but they were very much washed up. Those guys didn't play well. And it's a new-look unit right now, and we'll talk about it more in just a moment, but it's hard to really look at this collection of offensive linemen that they're projected to start and feel like it's not one of the worst offensive lines in the entire NFL. Pro Football Focus just put out their rankings of the offensive lines in the NFL entering the 2021 season, and they have Pittsburgh 31st, 31st out of 32. And if you're curious, they have the Bills at number 14. So I think just as much as it's a physical decline issue with Ben Roethlisberger, the offensive line being suspect hasn't really allowed him to push the ball down the field because the protection simply isn't going to hold up. Now, when Ben Roethlisberger passed the football last year, he was under pressure on 21% of his dropbacks. And I can promise you beyond a shadow of a doubt, every week I will talk about the pressure splits for the opposing quarterback that the Bills face. And last year, on those dropbacks in which he was pressured, his completion percentage was just 51.6%. His yards per attempt was 5.4%. And his passer rating was 59.3%. Compared to when he didn't face pressure, Ben Roethlisberger completed 69% of his passes, 6.6 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 101.1. So you can see how massively different those metrics are when he's pressured versus when he's kept clean. So it's always going to be an important thing to get pressure on the quarterback. The last thing I'll say about Ben Roethlisberger is that when you look at his splits, when he's blitzed versus when he's not blitzed, they're nearly identical. I mean, this is a veteran quarterback. He knows how to replace the the, the blitz with the ball, and he knows how to handle the blitz. So the best way to get pressure on Ben is to not blitz and get home with four pass rushers. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, I mentioned that they have a new offensive coordinator this year, and that is Matt Canada. He's 49 years old. It's his first season as an NFL offensive coordinator. He was the Steelers quarterbacks coach last year, and prior to that, he had a bunch of stops as a college offensive coordinator. From 2003 to 2018, he had stops as the offensive coordinator for Northern Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, NC State, Pittsburgh, LSU, and Maryland. So this guy has coached a ton of college offenses, and I've watched a lot of Matt Canada coached college offenses, and I have a pretty good idea of what you can expect. You can expect a lot of pre-snap motions, You can expect a lot of window dressing, and the ball is going to come out quick. And so I'm not sure there's going to be that much different stylistically about the offense compared to last year, except for even more pre-snap motion and window dressing. There's going to be manufactured throws into space, and it is very much reliant on run after catch from the pass catchers. The other thing that you can expect is a shuffle pass to a tight end. It's Matt Canada's favorite play. So you can expect Eric Ebron or Pat Fryermuth, the Steelers' tight end, to catch a shuffle pass. Put it in Sharpie. The other thing that I'll say about the run game is that it'll be a balanced attack. You will see some gap runs, and you will see some zone runs. He'll, he'll give you both. It's not predominantly one or the other. Let's talk about these Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive weapons. And I want to start with running back Najee Harris. Their first round pick, a rookie out of Alabama, six foot two, 230 pounds. They are going to make this guy the focal point of their offense. And I know it's his NFL debut and all of that, but I'm anticipating the Bills to get a heavy dose of Najee Harris on Sunday. And he's a talented back. He's big, like I said, 230 pounds. He's pretty explosive for a guy that big. And he is a physical runner, he can run inside and he takes good angles to the perimeter. He's an outstanding pass catcher, and so there's a lot to deal with in a running back like Najee Harris. You feel good that the Bills have Tremaine Edmonds. You feel good about Matt Milano, but he's definitely a player that I think this Pittsburgh offense is going to run through, and so I think he's a major, major part of what they want to be on offense, and I think it'll happen right away in week one. Now, his backups are Benny Snell, and Kalen Balazs. Those are below average running backs, and so I don't expect them to get those guys involved too much. I think this is very much the Najee Harris show when it comes to this running back situation and this offense in general. I mean, this team has issues on the offensive line. They have issues in the secondary, and they chose to pick a running back with their first round pick. That's a loud message, and we've seen Pittsburgh in the past be a running back-centric offense and I think you're going to see that come back this coming year, and so I'm expecting a lot of Najee Harris on Sunday. In terms of wide receivers, they got a really nice group of receivers. Deontay Johnson, he's their main guy. 
He led the team in targets last year with 144. He's a guy that can win at all levels of the field. Really, really good route runner. He just has a lot of drops issues. And you probably remember some of those against the Bills last year. And they weren't unique to that game. They happened all year long. So really good route runner. Knows how to get open. Makes some really dynamic plays. But he drops the ball quite a bit. They have Chase Claypool, who's a big Massive slot receiver, big, physical, explosive type of player that can win at the catch point, and um, he's pretty good after the catch. They targeted him uh, 109 times last year. He'll play from the slot. They'll play him at the X, and so I think you'll see him get plenty of opportunities to catch football on Sunday. They also have Juju Smith-Schuster, who will primarily play out of the slot. He was targeted 128 times last year. And um, he's a guy that really excels in the intermediate area of the field. He's not much of a yak guy. He's not much of a burner down the field. But in terms of being a chain mover and possession style slot receiver, he definitely presents some challenges. And they also have James Washington, who is a deep ball specialist that I'm sure will try to uncork a pass or two his way down the field on Sunday. So four good receivers in Johnson, Claypool, Smith-Schuster, and Washington – I don't think they have a true number one type guy, but they have several guys that complement each other well, that they have different skill sets and um, kind of fit well together despite not having that bonafide alpha number one receiver. At tight end, they have two good ones, Eric Ebron and Pat Fryermuth. Fryermuth, the second round pick this year. He's a rookie out of Penn State. And then Eric Ebron, who's been a pretty good tight end in the NFL, a, a very athletic player. And he's the guy that I'm sure... Matt Canada is dialing up that shuffle pass too because he loves to do it, and uh, Ebron is certainly the type of athlete that you would want to give the football to in that type of situation. So, you know, Fryermuth's a rookie. Uh, I wouldn't underestimate him. He's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of size. He doesn't necessarily play to that size as a blocker, but he's a he's a nice option, right? He's a nice middle of the field option, red zone option for this offense, and so. I think you can expect them to get all these guys involved. Last year, they spread it around a good bit. They've got more at running back this year. They've got more at tight end this year to go with the same group of receivers. And so while I think they're going to want to get the ball to Najee Harris a ton in the passing game, they're going to spread it around. Now let's talk about this offensive line. At left tackle, Dan Moore, a rookie mid-round pick out of Texas A&M. That's their left tackle. At left guard, Kevin Dotson, second-year player, physical, mauler. He can move people. He's probably the offensive lineman that I would feel the best about if I were a Steelers fan. And uh, he's a guy that I'm sure they're going to want to run the football behind when it comes to giving Najee Harris the football. Their center is Kendrick Green, a rookie out of Illinois, mid-round pick. His NFL debut, he's starting. So two rookie starters on this offensive line in Kendrick Green and Dan Moore. Both players that I like, both players that I thought were good draft picks, but they're rookies. It's their NFL debut, and the Bills need to take advantage of that. At right guard, they have Trey Turner, who, with the Carolina Panthers, has been a good offensive lineman. He's a Pro Bowl caliber guard. He went to the Chargers last year, and he really struggled. He looked like a shell of himself, and he's looking to kind of reestablish himself this year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he's a boomer bust type player. We'll see there. Uh, but he has the potential, and he's shown that he can be a really good blocker in the NFL. And at right tackle, the player they want to be their starter is Zach Banner. He's not going to be available for this football game. 
And so you're going to see Chooks Okorafor, who has been a project offensive lineman for them for a number of years, and he's been below average when he's been on the field. And so this offensive line is below average, bottom tier when it comes to the NFL. And when you talk about a Bills defensive line that's deep and talented, they need to take advantage of some of these issues that they're going to have up front. Again, Kevin Dotson and Trey Turner could be a nice guard pairing, but their tackles, their center, there's a lot they need to prove, and um, the Bills need to take advantage of that in week one. So what are my overall keys for the Bills' defense against this Steelers' offense? Number one, I have tackle. The Bills need to tackle well. And if you've listened to this podcast in the past, you know that the Bills are a below-average tackling team and have been under Coach McDermott. And Pittsburgh's a pop-gun offense. They're going to throw the ball quickly to these receivers and rely on run after catch. And they're going to hand the ball off to Najee Harris. you got to get these guys on the ground. You can't have these missed tackles that allow plays to go longer than they should. So get guys on the ground. Tackle well. The next thing I have down is get your hands up. If you're a pass rusher, and you're not going to be able to get to Ben Roethlisberger, get your hands up and affect these these throwing lanes. And the reason that I'm bringing this up specifically for this game and not because this isn't always an important thing is because Ben Roethlisberger does get the ball so quickly out of his hands. And so when on average he gets the ball out in under 2.2 seconds, that's not a ton of time to get to the quarterback. So what you have to do is get your hands up and affect throwing lanes and try to bat some balls down at the line of scrimmage. Because Ben, if you can get to him, you can sack him. That's not the issue. The challenge is having enough time to get to him because he throws the ball so quickly. So get your hands up and affect those throwing lanes and bat the football at the line of scrimmage. Number three, I would run blitz. This is something that I don't talk about very often, but against this football team with a ton of new pieces on this offensive line, a rookie running back, First game with a new offensive coordinator, so a lot of newness to this unit, challenge them with their blocking assignments up front in the run game and run blitz. Really throw things off. Make them guess. Get yourself some guys that can run free and make a tackle behind the line of scrimmage. I would be very interested in executing a good amount of run blitzes against this team, especially because you know they're going to run the football. And... Last year, they were the worst run offense in the NFL. They're looking to change that. They just took a running back in the first round. Got several new starters on this offensive line. They know Ben's old and declining. They want to run the football. Run blitz them and really challenge the timing and communication of that offense. And the last thing I have written down as a key for the Bills' defense against the Pittsburgh offense is dare Big Ben to throw the football down the field. He's not been a successful deep thrower, and they don't have that much speed to be concerned about at receiver. And so I would I would design my coverage spacing to clog up the short and intermediate areas of the field and be willing to, to risk things down the field, be willing to play a little one high, be willing to give them favorable looks down the field and dare them to throw it. So a quick recap on my keys for the Bills defense against the Steelers offense. Number one, tackle. Number two, get your hands up in throwing lanes. Number three, run blitz. And number four, dare Big Ben to throw the football down the field. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have coconut, raspberry, cherry, mint brownie, 
double chocolate, cookies and cream, orange, strawberry, salted caramel, so many delicious flavors. And look, maybe you don't know where to start. Get yourself a mixed box. That's where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Try them all and figure out which ones are your favorites. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. There's only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. I've got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, full-season playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business, bar, or restaurant. You can reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season starts September 9th, so start your pool today at runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on. All right, let's talk about this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. The defense is coordinated by Keith Butler. He's 65 years old. He's entering his seventh season as the Steelers defensive coordinator and his seventh overall season as an NFL defensive coordinator. He was the linebackers coach with the Browns from 99 to 2002, and then he was the linebackers coach in Pittsburgh from 2003 to 2014 before he was elevated to defensive coordinator, and his units have been really good. Top six in total defense every year since 2017, top five in scoring defense in each of the last two seasons, and they're really good at taking away the football. Last season, they were second in the NFL in takeaways. In 2019, they were first. So they are tough to score on, they're tough to move the football on, and they take away the football. It's a good defense. 3-4 base defense is what you will see from Pittsburgh, and let's talk about that defensive line. Cam Hayward, Chris Wormley, Tyson Alualu. No Stephon Tuitt, that's a big loss for them. Stephon Tuitt's a stud. He won't be available on Sunday, but Cam Hayward will be, and he is an outstanding football player, one of the most underrated defensive players in the league in my mind. He's an absolute stud. Next to him will be Chris Wormley. Like I talked about, he's kind of a, a rotational player. He's a guy that would not be starting if Tuit were to be available. And then Alualu is a really good run defender. Not much of a pass rusher, but he's tough to move, and uh, he'll be in his run fits. I promise you that. So they got a really good down three, even without Tuit. Wormley's a good player, but they don't have much depth behind them. And so if you can get those guys off the field – uh, when you talk about their backups in Carlos Davis and Loudermilk and uh, you know they, they've even got Isaiah Bugs back there, those are those are replacement level players. Their, their studs are the ones that are the starters. On the edge, they got a really good trio of edge rushers. T.J. Watt, 
one of the best pass rushers in the entire NFL, led the league in sacks last year. I think he's had a case to be the defensive player of the year in each of the last two seasons. He's their lead pass rusher. He's the face of this defense. And look, I know that there's some rumblings about him not being available on Sunday because of his contract situation and how little he's practiced. I got a feeling he's going to be just fine. That contract will get done and he'll be in the lineup on Sunday. They also signed Melvin Ingram, a veteran, longtime Los Angeles Charger, was an absolute stud for them. Had some injuries last year, but signed a one-year prove-it type deal with Pittsburgh. And I'll tell you what, I think he's got plenty left in the tank. He's a good player. The Bills will have to account for him. Uh, And then Alex Highsmith, who's a young player out of Charlotte, uh, flashed for them last year. I think he's got a lot of tools and a really good fit for that defense. So they are three deep with really good edge rushers and Watt, Ingram, and Highsmith. Now their front seven continues to be strong when you look at their linebackers, Devin Bush, their number one pick a couple of years ago. He's coming off injury, but man, he has looked really good when he's on the field. And then Joe Schobert, a guy that they traded for recently, he's going to play next to Bush. And so that's a really good pair of off-ball linebackers. And so the starting front seven for this defense is outstanding. Really, really good football players. Now their secondary is a bit of a different story because I think there's a mixed bag of players at corner and safety for them. At corner, the two outside guys are Joe Hayden and Cam Sutton. Joe Hayden's a good football player. He's a veteran. He's getting a little older, but uh, he's still been really, really effective. And then Cam Sutton is the guy playing opposite of him. And it feels like for the last several years, they've really not tried to get him on the field. I think of Sutton as more of a traditional slot corner, but they've had a really outstanding slot corner on their roster the last several years. And Mike Hilton who left to take a deal with the Cincinnati Bengals. And so Sutton is the one that they chose to keep, a lot cheaper to keep him around than it was for Mike Hilton. Now, opposite of Hayden, they've typically had Steven Nelson in that role, but now they didn't bring him back. They cut him, and he's on the Eagles. And so is it going to be Cam Sutton kicking inside in nickel packages and Justin Lane or Akello Witherspoon coming on the field to play on the outside? I'm not sure, but I'll tell you this. If I were a Steelers fan, I would be pretty uncomfortable with this corner situation outside of Joe Hayden. I think Sutton can be serviceable, but when they have to bring that third corner on the field, there's a big-time drop-off in talent. At safety, they have Minka Fitzpatrick. He's outstanding, one of the best safeties in the NFL, an absolute ball hawk, a turnover machine. He's a good football player. He can line up anywhere. He's somebody you have to account for on every single play. The guy opposite of him is going to be Terrell Edmonds, the brother of Tremaine Edmonds, and he's more of a box safety. He's a guy that if you get him further away from the line of scrimmage and you challenge him down the field, his ball skills are suspect. Now, he's a big physical tackler, and he'll do that, but as far as his ability in in coverage, I think it's below average, and so he's a guy that the Bills should go after if they have opportunities to challenge him in the passing game. So what are my keys for the Bills Offense against the Steelers' defense, number one, make it a space game and dictate matchups. The depth of the Bills' pass catchers versus what I think is a questionable secondary outside of a couple of pieces, that's something that I would want to dictate. I'd go empty. I'd go 10 personnel. I'd I'd spread them out, and I'd really create some problems because they can't account for everyone. At some point, they're going to have a below-average player covering Cole Beasley 
are covering Emmanuel Sanders, are covering Gabriel Davis, and I would go after those matchups all day long. Number two, protect. You got to hold up in pass protection against the Steelers team. They get a lot of sacks, and they've got good rushers. Three good edge rushers. Cam Hayward's a really good interior guy. They'll have some creative blitz packages. I'm sure they're going to try to get Devin Bush some opportunities to have a clear runway at Josh Allen. Your pass protection has to hold up. Number three, account for Minka Fitzpatrick. He is the ball hawk back there. And so I'm sure they're going to try to put him in places that will set him up to get takeaways and challenge the route combinations that the Bills like to run. So be aware of Minka and stay away. And number four, I have down, don't overestimate their run defense. Their run defense really faded down the stretch last season. They're thin on the defensive line in terms of depth, and I go after them a little bit. I'm not asking for a run-heavy game plan, but I'm saying don't be afraid of it. Don't assume that this front seven is so good that you can't run on them because teams proved towards the end of the year last year that you can, and they're without Stefan to it. So challenge these guys a little bit in the run game. Don't be afraid to. Let's talk about their special teams real quick. Their kicker is Chris Boswell, who's an outstanding veteran kicker. 88% for his career was 95% last year, 94% the year prior. One thing I will say about Boswell is Pittsburgh doesn't give him many opportunities to kick long field goals. When it comes to attempts over 50 yards, he had one attempt last year, two in 2019, and one in 2018. So over the last three seasons... The last three seasons, Chris Boswell has attempted four total field goals of 50 yards or longer. To give you some perspective there, Tyler Bass, the Bills' rookie kicker last year, attempted six. So they're not necessarily a team that feels good about attempting a lot of longer field goals. At punter, they have a rookie, Presley Harvin. He's a rookie out of Georgia Tech. Seventh round pick this year. Never punted in an NFL game. Uh, All we have to go off is preseason where he had nine punts, averaged 44.7 yards, a net of 41.4, had four inside the 20 with an average hang time of 4.21 seconds. So I'm not sure we know much about Harvin, but uh, he had a reasonably good uh, preseason. Their kick returner and their punt returner is Ray Ray McLeod. You guys know him, former Buffalo Bills draft pick. Pretty shaky player with the Bills. They cut him. He went to the Panthers. He was shaky there. And um, he settled in with Pittsburgh. They signed him to a contract extension. They like Ray Ray McLeod. He averaged over 10 yards per punt return last year, but he does have some muff issues. He had two muffs last year, but that is something that has improved with Ray Ray McLeod. Now for his career on 71 fielded punts, he has five muffs, but three of those came in 2018 and 2019 on 23 fielded punts. And then in 2020, he only had two and 48 fielded punts. So he has definitely improved in that area, but he's also a guy that's coughed it up in the past. So that is something to keep in mind. So there you have it. The comprehensive primer on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I certainly hope you enjoyed, and I certainly hope that you feel prepared for Sunday. And you'll get an episode just like this every week to get you ready for the Bills' upcoming opponent. But look, we're not done getting ready for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tomorrow on the podcast, I'll catch up on any of the news surrounding the team, and then we'll chat with Christopher Carter of Lockdown Steelers for a little crossover preview. 
We'll get his perspective on the game. I'll give my perspective based on the questions that he asks me. So it's a good conversation. I hope that you guys will enjoy the crossover Thursdays that will come each and every week. And then on Friday, I'll give you any leftover thoughts about the game that I have. We'll talk to Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills regarding the injury situation. I'll give you my NFL draft prospects to watch. And of course, my game predictions. So plenty more to come this week on the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate and review the podcast. Hope you have an awesome day. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.